Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Kristen Goodman. I'm Sarah Goodman. And we're Showbiz Siblings. Siblings. We live in New York City. We're both queer. And we love musical theater. This is our podcast. Welcome to the very first episode of Good Show. In this premiere series, the Summerstock series, we're starting off by celebrating one of our all-time favorite mid-century musicals. A Jerry Herman classic. It won the Tony Award for Best Musical in 1964. And it won our hearts back in 93. It's Hello, Dolly. Well, hello, Dolly. It's so nice that you're the first show on. The pod. So, Sarah, (laughs) should we tell our lovely listeners a little bit about our format? Yes. So, Kristen and I have chosen three musicals for the Summerstock series. Hello, Dolly, Oklahoma, and Mame. These are shows that truly shaped us. We grew up watching these musicals at a regional theater near Chicago called Theater at the Center. Our moms starred in these three shows, which were directed and choreographed by our stepdad in the summer of 1993. This was first of six seasons at the center. Flash forward 30 years, and Sarah and I are living out our theater kid dreams here in New York City and watching as many Broadway shows as we can afford. So when we learned about the amazing collection at the New York Public Library's Theater on Film and Tape Archives in Lincoln Center, we instantly had a long list of shows we wanted to watch. All you need is a special collections library card, and then you can make an appointment to watch one of the hundreds of different shows that they have in the archive. Of course, these three musicals debuted long before they started filming the shows for Toft, but luckily they have recordings of revivals and even some regional productions. Yeah, we love it. We're huge Toft nerds now. (laughs) We definitely recommend that you go check it out, especially if you'd like to watch the specific productions we discuss in the pod. So for Hello, Dolly, we watched the 2017 Broadway revival starring Bernadette Peters as Dolly Levi and Kate Baldwin in the role of Irene Malloy. We are thrilled to welcome incredible Kate Baldwin in as our very special guest on this first episode. But first, here's our post-toft discussion of Hello, Dolly. 
archive afternoon. So Sarah and I went to Toft Theater on Film and Tape collection at the New York Performing Arts Library, and we watched the Broadway production of Hello, Dolly, the 2018 production with Bernadette Peters. And I had the pleasure of seeing that actual production on Broadway in spring of 2018. And I loved it so much. And it was so great to relive it at Toft. Sarah, what did you think? I absolutely loved it also. I thought it was like so beautiful and classic. Yeah. And Bernadette Peters is Mm. my absolute number one. She's my fave. Yeah. My fave Broadway diva of all time. And she was so cute and amazing as Dolly. She was so adorable and goofy and funny. So goofy. The bits. (laughs) So many bits. So many little bits. She had to eat so much food. (laughs) The way she ate those dumplings. It was really cute. The way that she said dumplings like (laughs) 15,000 times in a row. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She was incredible. The rest of the cast, I thought, also very strong. Kate Baldwin. OMG. Kate Baldwin. This is about to turn into a Kate Baldwin fan podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. Because, oh, my God, Kate Baldwin. I just think it's such a classic, such a joyful, happy, silly show. And I just loved every minute of it, honestly. Yeah, it was incredibly slapsticky and like very um over the top with the bits and stuff. Like yeah. and there was a lot of shouting. So much shouting, so much <laughs> leaping. The cast is leaping all over the place. They all the jumped time. over the pit. Ah, multiple times. Oh, and like how absurd it gets. Like especially in act 2. Absurd. When they end up in the courtroom scene, it's like how? And then she's eating that chicken forever in the courtroom scene. The chicken and those little things that dumpling. are like dumplings, but they also kind of look like cotton candy or like <laughs> Yeah, it's like what are those? Ripped apart Hawaiian bread or something, but it's like <laughs> she stuffs a million of those things in her mouth. Yeah, so silly. Oh my god, it's really funny. I mean, funny. this is Bernadette Peters, like diva, leading lady. She's just Hamming stuffing it. a bunch of food in her mouth. Hamming it up, shoving food in her mouth. And like <laughs> the way she chews on the turkey leg bone. <laughs> and puts the gravy on like perfume. Yeah. And drinks out of the gravy boat. It's so funny. It's pretty funny. But like <laughs> some of it just made no sense, but it, it's so cute. Like it's just I love how it's just like a perfect reflection of that style. Like. Like, why do the cops come to the restaurant? Like, why do the... I don't know. Why do they bust in to Harmonia Gardens? I can't tell if it's because of the wallet switch up or the not paying the checks or something else. It escalates really quickly. It escalates really quickly. (laughs) It goes completely out of control. Literally everyone in the restaurant somehow gets arrested, but and they're all being arraigned at the same time, (laughs) slash they're on trial already. I don't know what's going on. Didn't it remind you a little bit of that cartoon that we watched as kids with the music and the girl little lulu little lulu where she gets oh like in the courtroom my God. scene we it, need to do like a side episode about that cartoon <laughs> series because little lulu y'all go look on youtube for this little lulu cartoon it's really something else but that's what it reminded me of because it got so cartoony like those angles on the yeah courtroom set the courtroom set was very absurd yeah it was it was really funny. And like I had forgotten that Cornelius and Barnaby had their word, their code word for if they were oh, on yeah, an adventure. And then they just 
like shout putting at each other throughout it's the so good. whole thing. It's so cute. Yeah, it's really, really cute. And like the whole cast was funny and amazing. Like what a huge cast. Huge. Do you think there were like 40 people in that show? At least because there were like 14 people in It Takes a Woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to count during the curtain call and I just was first of all just like too distracted by how gorgeous those costumes were at the curtain call. The, the curtain whole call show had like, its own whole set of costumes and a, like a new festoon like a lantern festoon that yeah. came down. Yeah you're right. That was brand new for never seen before. Because it was the wedding like I love that classic era show style where there's there's got to be the big wedding at the end a big wedding at the end (laughs) even if it's in the middle of the curtain call yeah it's great (laughs) oh the costumes that the last costume that bernadette comes out in for the curtain call oh my god that hat oh my god yeah they were definitely um getting out their feathers beads and buckles and bows all of them (laughs) because there's no blue monday get out your feathers oh I forgot patent, patent leathers. leathers. Don't forget the patent leathers. Can't forget the patent leathers, beads, buckles, and bows. They did it all. They had all of it. So many fancy hats. So many fancy hats. Gorgeous, gorgeous hats. That carpet bag with the rhinestones. Ugh, that was beautiful. Ugh. And even just watching it again on the recording at Toft made me emotional when I saw the ensemble entrance during put on your Sunday clothes. It's unbelievable. Those the brightness ugh. of those, the vibrance the of those costumes. I've never seen anything like that in a period musical like this. Like, wow. It was stunning. And I remember like sitting there that day. I think it was Easter Sunday that I saw that production. And to be sitting there on Easter watching these like gorgeous spring palette costumes come out in this huge spectacle. So pretty. Ugh. Amazing. <laughs> Dolly's red dress, like <gasps> Bernadette's red dress. Oh my God. In Hello Dolly <clears throat> in at the restaurant scene. Like it made that guy like leap to his feet. Yeah. That guy in the audience on the video jumped up. <laughs> he could not get enough of her. It and- was beautiful. And it's like I feel like that dress, it's like so iconic, the dress and the headdress. And it's almost like hard to to do it justice because it's so well known. Right. And it was just really beautiful and looked so good on her. Ugh, stunning. So sparkly. Archive afternoon. Think there's gotta be enormous wing space at the Schubert Theater. Yeah. Cause how where do they put that train? I don't know. Where do they, where put, do they that... put the hay and feed store? Yeah, and that the thing hat was shop. huge. It was like multi levels. It was almost three levels, I feel right. like. Yeah, because they kind of climbed all the way up into the- Which you know I love. Uh, you love- I love levels. Multiple levels. And they were all around them, too. They were. They were dancing all over that set. That was really cute when they all popped out of the set and it takes a woman because it's just Horace there by himself in the hand feed <laughs> store. And then suddenly there's like suddenly a whole chorus of men. men are singing along. And they all popped out from behind <laughs> barrels and like behind the register. And so it was really cute yeah. the way they all kind of popped out. I love how campy that song is, too, and how, like, clearly the Jerry Herman lyrics are poking fun at how stupid men are. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I think, um, like, the whole story is, like, all the men characters are kind of dumb 
and like oafs. Yeah. And all the women are like really smart and kind of pulling the strings around everybody else. Yeah, totally. And especially Dolly, like I just love these Jerry Herman leading lady characters that are like wacky, wild ladies of the times, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like master manipulators, but for the greater good. For the greater good. Yeah, like she's just trying to make a love connection with everybody, she including wants herself. To be happy. Yeah, and just like get out there and live life and love each other. And it's really wholesome. It's really it a cute message. Sweet. Yeah, it's really sweet. Any other thoughts on costumes? Like we um, were kind of in I should set say land who for the, a I should say who the costume oh, yeah. designer is. Who was the costume um, the designer? Costume on this designer on this production. Broadway production 2018 revival was santo Lo- loquasto all right way to go santo yeah they gorgeous. were they were amazing i'm gorgeous, giving you all costumes. the beads and buckles and bows they get all the patent leathers and the feathers and the feathers and the beads and buckles and bows and a, a dozen or so corsets <laughs> <laughs> per person per person yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we mentioned the train and we met, we mentioned the horse-drawn carriage, but what, yeah. what, uh, what else stood out to you from the sets? Oh, and we mentioned the feed store. That was incredible. Um, the sets were also designed by Santo Lacosto. Wow. Santo, working double Santo. time on Hello Dolly. Woo. Wow. Um, I the love aesthetic the shines through. Yeah. It's very classic. The classic drops. They were like these beautiful hand-painted looking drops. Yeah. Um, that were to scale. They were the right scale, which made yeah. me very happy. And they were beautiful. So beautiful. And then there were like also these big, inornate, uh, big ornate pieces that would come in, like the hand feed store and the hat shop and Harmonia Gardens. Like they were way more flushed out, like realism. Mm-hmm. But then they would also kind of go back to like bare stage with a drop sometimes for like having all the chorus dancers come out, which I thought was cute. Yeah. And I thought it really worked well. It did you know, well. I, I didn't need ultra realism 100% of the time right? because the story isn't giving us that. The story is absurd in, at moments. So it's like, why does the set need to be mm-hmm. 100% real all the time? I loved how the drops look, looked kind of hand-drawn or hand-painted. Yeah. Like you were saying, yeah. Like, like impressionist. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I thought the Harmonia Gardens set, like when they reveal that, is really stunning with those with those booths and the oh, wraparound right. curtain the for each stairs. booth and the huge staircase and how the way those curtains hung above each booth they were kind of on an angle which gave it this like chic kind of thing like just really smart choices yeah Yeah, so way to go santo on sets and costumes like holy moly that's a lot of work i give you all the train reveals had lots of assistance (laughs) seriously moving on to the music Uh, and the sound i mean i know like listening to it through our little headphones at toft we can't totally hear how it would have sounded there in person but i remember that it was just you know really just rich and and just was like hitting me emotionally yeah i was pretty pleased with the mix on the recording I yeah thought it sounded great um like you said the little like consoles that you sit at in toft are like small and whatever but um they have kind of old-timey screens but the sound was pretty great uh the sound design was scott lehrer Okay. And um, he also just did the Into the Woods 
revival. Oh, nice. That I saw over the summer. Really beautiful. Um, the music in this show is wonderful. It's really beautiful. Jerry Herman. I mean, wow. Yeah. So good. It And these orchestrations. I don't know if how much updating they did um, on every single song, but I know there were some songs that they did like a pretty heavy-handed like update on the arrangements of some of these tunes. And I just, it, it sounds like a circus orchestra or mm. something, you know, like that very full with like tons of like piccolo and yeah, trumpet banjo. And like, yeah. And just like very marching band, like loud and proud and so many oompa, like <laughs> polka kind of yeah. beats and it's very inspiring, like that, cl- like it, like gets makes me want to like get up and dance or something. It's I don't very know. marchy. It's yeah. very marchy. It's very marchy. Yeah. It's good. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I love, I love the score. I think it's fantastic. It's and gorgeous. this was a really beautiful big band. Um, and the MD was Andy Einhorn, who I just saw MD for Audra McDonald oh. at Carnegie Hall. Nice. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Wow. Um, yeah, I felt like even in the like, or maybe I guess I should say, especially in the interstitial scenes where there's just like, it's very dance heavy, like those orchestrations really were showing off in those moments for sure. Yeah, and everyone's voices in the show were phenomenal. The, the entire ensemble, all of the leads. I love Victor Garber. He played... uh Horace in this very like sweet kind of dopey manner that I'm not familiar with. I feel like Horace is usually played as like a grump. Yeah. And sort of like a Scrooge kind of a man. But he was like so much sweeter and just sort of like practical and oafy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I I liked that about his portrayal. But all of the vocals, all of the singing was like gorgeous. Amazing. Gorgeous. Yeah. And how many how many Jerry Herman high <laughs> notes are you giving it? <laughs> I I think at like if it's a scale of one to ten, I give it eleven Jerry yeah. Herman Herman high notes. Like, wow. Everybody was just doing the most vocally for sure. And I I love those arrangements with those, you know, huge soprano endings and things and yeah and oh my god while we're on the subject of music bernadette peters opted up in a bunch of songs which was so much fun it was um and i put my hand in there ending she opted Mm -hmm. up and she opted up on the wow 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 fellas i like wrote it down a few times yeah it was so good it was fun to hear her versions of that because 
she's got a huge range, but mm-hmm. I, that was written, I think, for Carol Channing, who's got a much lower yeah. voice than yeah. Bernadette Peters. And so, yeah, that was cool to see her show off a little more in some of those moments. And speaking of belting it out and showing off, like Kate Baldwin in Ribbons Down My Back, Ugh. belting Ugh. out that <laughs> section that like- Oh my God, yeah. But, like her mixed belt in ah. the- in the second half of that song is to die. Yeah. To die. Like I always kind of thought of that song as being just sort of nostalgic and sweet and just like, oh, there's a pretty lady with a pretty hat on and there's a summer breeze. <laughs> right. But sort like of boring, like Yeah, it's just okay, like oh, sure. and here's yeah. a moment. Irene where Malloy. She's lovely. Yeah. But Kate Baldwin's version, I was like, all right. She's like getting after it. <laughs> like, damn, She's- Irene can get it. <laughs> Irene can get it. Seriously. Uh, I don't, I think it's just Kate Baldwin. She just is magical. She has some kind of magic. She's so incredibly sexy and beautiful and like vibrant. Yeah. Vibrant. Like, woo. Yes. That's a really good word for it. Her Irene Malloy was, had a lot of vibrancy. Yeah. For sure. It's no wonder Cornelius fell in love with her in just a moment. I would too. Yeah. I think I would have too. I mean, oh, there was a line in the script about how scandalous Irene is and that, you know, because she's a widow and whatnot and she's like trying to still live her life. And so people judge her all the time. And she was like, uh, Minnie says, half the ladies come into the shop just to look at you. And I said, duh. <laughs> Have you looked at her? I mean. Half of those ladies are gay. <laughs> I think most of the ladies are gay, especially after they've seen Irene. Have you seen her? I mean, come on. <laughs> come She's on. She's stunning. Ribbons down her back or not. Seriously. She can get it. Any kind of hat. She could pull it off. <laughs> Yeah. Also, Kate Baldwin is really funny. She is. That whole scene with like in the hat shop was hilarious to me. Oh, yeah. And elegance was hilarious. Like the way they come back in just like huffing and puffing because they've been walking for blocks and blocks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now that we live in New York City and like we walk around in Manhattan, like I can totally picture how they were just totally schlepping around, getting a blister. You're just like, oh, my God, we've walked 40 blocks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we've got elegance. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so cute. All right, any other thoughts about music? Oh, oh wait, I did have I have one more note here. Like how many key changes do you think there are in the song Hello Dolly? Oh my god. Who knows? It's kind of like Love on Top. I had to count <laughs> once and I think there's four in that one. And but it feels like there's more. So you I would think, guess. You think there's four in Hello, Dolly? I think there's probably four or five. Yeah. Yeah. And I. Because they do at least two in the first round. Mm-hmm. And then they did like a second duck walk. After, right. Uh, the whole Hello, Dolly number was completely over. And then they, and then they were like, again. one more time. She literally <laughs> said one more time. Yeah. And that's when that guy leapt to it. his feet again. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I think it modulates up every single time they do that also. So it's, yeah, I was just like, wow, this yeah. arrangement is doing the most. It all. Doing it all. Um, Great. Jerry Herman, y'all. Jerry Herman. Also, did never really thought about how queer this show is and and gay feeling it is until watching it this time around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, these Jerry Herman leading ladies are very unconventional. Mm-hmm. 
And Dolly's no exception. You know, she's an entrepreneur when women were not entrepreneurs. She's mm-hmm. like taking charge of her own life. She's deciding who she's going to have as a husband, not the other way around. Yeah. And like manipulating everyone around her. And, um, and she's not just like a gold digger. She wants to marry Horace so that she can spend all his money on like the community. Yeah, money <laughs> is like manure. It's not worth a thing unless it's spread around encouraging young things to grow. Yeah, that's so sweet. I, I love, love that that's like the little moral they tack on the end of this musical. I think yeah. it's super cute. It's adorable. And I love that Horace says that to her at the end mm-hmm. as if he came up with it, but she had already said that that's yeah, something that, that her late Ephraim husband had said. said. And so that, plus the blue wallpaper. Oh, the blue wallpaper thing. That's so sweet. So sweet. When she's like, send me a sign. And then Horace has just sort of randomly decided to change the wallpaper color in that room to blue. Yeah. And that's all she needed. It was fate. Yeah. It was so sweet. I had forgotten until we watched this again that Hello Dolly breaks the fourth wall all the time. I thought it was just her because I I knew like she does her monologues to Ephraim and then like also talks to the audience. But like a lot of characters talk to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had, you know, I had a memory of like I, I can see in my mind's eye Dolly talking to Ephraim a lot. But like that even though she's talking out loud and sort of breaking the fourth wall, I didn't like remember that she speaks directly to the audience and that like mm-hmm. Horace and others like talked like Cornelius. Di- Cornelius and like, yeah, like the people- And maybe Irene at one point or Minnie. Yeah, like so many of them throughout yeah. the show are like literally <laughs> saying things to the audience, which I think is a fun style and yeah. makes it feel intimate even though it's in this like huge theater space it kind of like brings it into this um like pub Hmm. kind of vibe or like Mm -hmm. um spiegel tent or like yeah you know where like the audience is kind of in on it more i just love that i think that's such a cute tool yeah i had forgotten that so many other characters use it i did too also there was a whole song that i did not recognize whatsoever that Horace sings at the beginning of Act Two, which <laughs> yeah. I think might have just not made it to the recording of the original show, and maybe it's in there the whole time, or they added it in and it was cut from the original show. I don't yeah, know. I definitely don't remember it as like a song that we learned as kids. So like it must not have been on the recording because I feel like that's how we learned everything was just listening right. to the Broadway recordings like mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't remember that one. But it was cute. It's yeah. like his it little cute. philosophy of how he made his fortune. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's your it's your typical. If I if there's anything problematic about the show, it might be like the promotion of, of capitalism. capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Except Dolly's there to be like, but don't forget, like, don't hoard your wealth. Like, yeah. just keep it going. Right. You know, keep investing in the new folks. Yeah. Yeah, and he Vandergelder's not like Scrooge or anything. Like he happily gives Cornelius his mm-hmm. money and like presumably he's going to hire him back as yeah. the partner and all of that, yeah, you yeah. know. So it's not like he's not a mean guy. He's not like a miser, but he's just 
you know, he, he's been a penny pincher his mm-hmm. whole life. Cool. Um, it was directed by Jerry Zachs and choreographed by Warren Carlyle. I thought the direction was great. I think it was just so focused on the comedy, which I really love. Um, it felt like maybe it was specifically tailored to Bette Midler. Right, right. Because she's such a comedian and like does so many bits. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, but they had all the characters doing bits, not just Dolly. Right. Yeah, a lot of strong choices. I felt like it was like some of the bits were like I was imagining the rehearsal process and they would try something <laughs> and then maybe the director would be like, okay, that was great, but do it three times as long as that. <laughs> or like, I love how you just said dumplings. Say it nine more times. <laughs> and then and then maybe try saying it 12 more times after that. Dumplings. 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 I was like, she's still saying dumplings. But honestly, I <laughs> never got tired of hearing her say dumpling. I didn't either. I could have heard her say dumpling for the rest of the show. Seriously, honestly. I could have. pretty funny. I think I would pay money to just hear Bernadette <laughs> Peters say dumpling over and over again. <laughs> do you She's, think she would do that like on Cameo? Oh. The I've, app? Like, get on Cameo, Bernadette Peters, because I'll we pay are, you. We're ready to Cameo. How much do you want you? per dumpling? I'll pay, I'll pay you to say the word dumpling. <laughs> How much per dumpling? <laughs> Can I get like a baker's dozen for $25 or what? A baker's dozen. <laughs> <Dumplings>. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Throw in a gyoza. I'll pay an extra $5. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so many, so many bits, so many funny bits, really <laughs> leaning into the humor mm-hmm. and really utilizing the whole stage. I love a big like spectacle around. show that's y- making your eye go everywhere all the time. I think it's kind of the law. If you do a show with the Schubert, you must have com- like lots of slapstick. People have to be jumping and leaping <laughs> all over the place and running around. You know, we all the shows that we've seen there lately yeah yeah some like it hot some like it hot has a train it has like that multi-level bandstand kind of thing happening yeah we saw crazy for you at toft and that show has a million giant sets with people jumping all over the place yep yep so yeah it must just be a rule for the schubert does your show have jumping and flying around (laughs) It needs to go to the Schubert. <laughs> I just love that, though, in general with too. musical theater. I think that's part of the medium. And when it's used well like that, you know, it's it's really a big spectacle. Like, that's the point, right, is to make these, like, huge mm-hmm. moving tableaus all the time. And yeah, I feel like this, this uh, director, choreographer team did a good job of that. Yeah. And the style of dancing was just really pleasing to watch, like – Clearly, they were so high-skilled, but it was also, like, just the lines were very flowy. Like, they were always doing these, like, flowy spins and jumps. It was definitely, like, a very strong nod to Gower Champions. Absolutely. Like, beautiful classic choreography, like, lots of arms and leaping and, like, moving the costumes in a beautiful way, you know. Yeah. Like, all the choreography that we've noticed watching Schmigadoon. Yeah. 
all those big like lift team lifts and you know yeah cartwheels and cartwheels showing and... your bloomers and things yeah, yeah 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 that was cool and oh my god speaking of showing your bloomers there was a moment where dolly does the soft shoe and she had these gorgeous those, tights on those fishnets that were lace. like black what lace was that pattern tights? i was like show me more of the leg bernadette yeah a oh beautiful, my god like buckle character shoe with like black yeah, those like f- the fanciest of laduga boots and then these like gorgeous yeah. fishnet lace they weren't even fishnets they were like yeah, a they weren't complicated beautiful lace you're right, right. yeah yeah like Pattern. really like almost like a doily but black oh gorgeous gorgeous i know i've thought about that i was like wow like what other fancy tights are on stage that we aren't even really seeing totally so many little details like that just the costumes were so intricate yeah gorge gorge kate and bernadette in the same show damn right that was a bit much like for me honestly like they were just (laughs) like i was overwhelmed at times by how awesome they both were and everyone but yeah, I just I love this show and I love this production. I love that they did such a beautiful job of this revival, like paying homage to this classic art form, but making it feel still like funny and mm-hmm. fresh. And mm-hmm. the pacing was right. Yeah. The pacing was really good. Yeah. It kept my attention the whole time mm-hmm. and it just made me really love and appreciate these classic shows that we are you know featuring in this summer stock series yeah this is what it's all about like to me that was like the epitome of a professional you know large-scale production of yeah hello dolly yeah absolutely yeah go to toft and watch hello dolly yeah go to toft and watch any show but check out hello dolly It's great. Amazing. Love it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This initial series of Good Show, the Summerstock series, is celebrating the 1993 Summerstock season at Theater at the Center that was starring our mom and directed by our stepdad, Gary. So for the 30th anniversary celebration, not only are we releasing this podcast and doing a show at 54 Below, but Kristen and I took a road trip back home to Chicago to have a conversation with mom and Gary about their memories from their times at Theater at the Center 30 years later. 
of all the shows that you thought might be good for that inaugural season, like how did you narrow it down to those three? Well, I knew that if you couldn't sell Hello, Dolly in Oklahoma, MAME may be questionable, but if you couldn't sell those, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Because those people, are just so recognizable. Yes, and they, people go and see it again and again and mm -hmm. again. And uh, uh, Dolly, it's for whatever it is, is show. all I had to make sure in my mind was that the initial things were present in the production. It's, it's like doing Fiddler and knowing the bottle dance. Mm. That has to be in there. Yeah. So it's the same thing to me with Dolly and knowing the staging of that, mm -hmm. even though you can't duplicate it with 24 guys on stage doing the waiter's gallop. It had to have that look that people recognize mm -hmm. seeing it somewhere else or something. Mm -hmm. Iconic things and iconic look as best you could do. Yeah. That was important to Yeah. Like the chase lights. Bring it up. And like the chase, chase lights, lights, the, the costumes. Right. Yeah. Their stage was on a hydraulic. Right. And so oh, I yeah. said because it went down to the scene show. It was like a big yeah. drum. Yeah. It yeah. was on a hydraulic. That's yeah. cool. And so I said, well I want, I need to, you know, have some semblance of a ramp for Dolly. So I said, just take it up to whatever level that was and build two ramps and that'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And then along the ramp, I need chase lights. Well, they had quite a lot of lights in their grid. Yeah. I said, no, I need those too. And I'd also like them on the... Oh, that was the thing is when I went in, I asked, I said, you have to build a proscenium. Mm. And they said, it, what's a proscenium? <laughs> so I told them and I said, first of all, there's no wing space. That would give us a little. Mm -hmm. And it's a concert stage. Yeah. It yeah. needs to look more theatrical. So they built it. And then all the... Six years out, it they it stayed there. Yeah. I enjoy really it. enjoyed much of Hello Dolly mm -hmm. because I think Malloy is a real satisfying role. Um, well, the thing with that is when we were rehearsal for that, the scene came in the hat shop, and I was sitting with Nancy, and I, we both sat up like this. I said, "See that? The energy just came on stage when Mom entered." The thing about my acting, though, is my acting is what I learned at Knott's Berry Farm. Mm -hmm. So my acting is what I call very broad-stroked. It's sort of old-fashioned vaudeville. I don't know what. How would you describe it? It was broad. Yeah, when it had. To I be. mean, I'm not like a movie actress or anything. You know what I mean? I. My acting, I think I'm, I act best when I'm singing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when I really can figure out where to put the acting is in a song. Yeah. And when she sings Ribbons Down My Back, it's a really satisfying moment mm -hmm. because she too is a feminist, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, she's unusual for her time. Yeah. But she still has that, but I've. But I'm a girl, so I'm going to use that. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And I'll turn his head, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think she's really smart in a way, even though she does fall for... And, and the, the fact that she and Minnie fall for all this crap, you know they don't really truly believe these guys are rich. But they're going along for the ride. And mm -hmm. the four of those characters... It was very emotional for me when we were sitting at Harmonia Gardens in our little booth on the very closing day. I was bawling like a baby oh, behind my neck. Oh. And Marie Blossom turns to me, she goes, I love you. 
were like behind our memories. <laughs> I love you so much. It's so sweet. <laughs> it was like, yeah, this was really fun and yeah. invigorating. I felt very um, free. I felt very free doing Malloy and have, doing what I knew how to do. Just And it's so, it's built so beautifully mm -hmm. just the format of it the jerry herman magic yeah that totally. just is stunning because that song i stand for motherhood america it's like what this is incredible <laughs> i love hello dolly but this song is fabulous yeah and even like now when they put back in Penny in my pocket. I yeah. know a lot of people don't like that song. It's a great it's song. It's a great song. But there, you know, when you look at, like you guys were saying, when you saw something recently, the guy, a podcast about his favorite song, favorite shows that have formulaic things that are just magic, Guys and Dolls, mm -hmm. Fiddler, Hello Doll. They do. They have some kind of magic that happens. And it's that rainbow arc that starts at the beginning of the show and never falters and takes you all the way to the end. And you're like, yeah, if it pins you to the back of your seat. And now our conversation with the beloved Broadway star who was nominated for a Tony, a Drama Desk, and an Outer Critics Circle Award for her portrayal of Irene Malloy in the 2017 Broadway revival, the lovely Kate Baldwin. Kate Baldwin. Kate Baldwin. Kate Baldwin. <laughs> Today, we are joined by the incomparable, the stunningly beautiful, the incredibly talented, Tony Award nominated Broadway star, Kate Baldwin. Kate! Hello! Hello! What an intro! I love it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Phyllis, and thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. Uh, you betcha. I'm going to give you an old, a good old Wisconsin. You betcha. <laughs> sure, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for ah. sure. Well, let's just ah. dive right in. Um, since this series is starting out with shows from the mid-century, we'd love to know what are a few of your favorite mid-century classic musicals. Mid-century classic musicals. I'm. Uh, you're talking about the middle of the 20th yeah. century when musical theater was born officially right. in 1943. Oklahoma was was the first one that I think people, most people, agree on. Right. right? Oh, we're getting so nerdy I so love fast. That. I love it. I love it. Nerd it out. <laughs> Right. I'm a person who uh, has done most of the Rodgers and Hammerstein um, heroines at some some point in my career. And early on, I would say as a younger person, I loved Carousel. And mm. Carousel was maybe one of my favorite musicals simply because it was dark and it dealt with some, uh, some things that um, – you know, when I was in high school and in college. I think I saw the uh, Lincoln Center revival when I was in Ooh. college, maybe, mm. in 1994 or um, uh, And it made such a huge impression on me, especially because of the bench scene, uh, because musical theater kind of hadn't—I hadn't seen that kind of um, song and scene structure mm -hmm. in a musical uh, before. And that bench scene blew my mind. And I loved it, and the and Sally Murphy was playing Julie, and Michael Hayden was playing Billy, and um, it really, um, it really uh, 
felt like such a real and uh, complicated, complex scene of between two really sort of naturalistic actors uh, and then this glorious music, mm-hmm. too. So I, I sort of gravitated toward that. Um, <clears throat> recently, though, I, I find I find Carousel a little more problematic <laughs> and have a harder, harder time with it now. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say <clears throat> there's nothing like the Carousel Waltz, that gorgeous piece of music at the very that beginning. That overture. That overture is ridiculous. We love a good overture. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, and then I'll say, uh, if I'm going to stick with Rodgers and Hammerstein, I'm going to stick with um, The King and mm. I, because I got to do that a couple of years ago, and I fell in love with, with that show, um, and um, and also what it says and how... Um, what it has to say about imperialism and the clash of cultures and uh, how two leaders can understand and then also misunderstand one another, mm-hmm. too. Um, and who doesn't love to dance around in a giant dress? <laughs> that was really fun, too. <laughs> and in our, <laughs> in our, in our production, uh, Paolo Montalban played... Um, the King, and we did it at the Lyric Opera of Chicago, awesome. and, uh, which is a giant, giant space um, and with a full orchestra and the whole thing. And, and we fell to the floor at the end of the, at the, end of the waltz, at the end of the polka. Um, we just fell on the floor, and all of these rose petals like, flew up into the, into the mm. crowd. So it really felt like you know, two people who had been so uh, buttoned up and, and, and uh, stick to their, you know, their opinions and clashing this whole time are all of a sudden like falling on the ground and in the in the flowers and in the fabric and laughing i just uh, that's so much fun mm-hmm. to do uh in a, in a musical so i love that aspect of of king and i too and then i was thinking about other mid-century musicals and like guys and dolls is kind of a, just like a perfect show isn't I it i love guys and dolls i love guys and dolls too mm-hmm. If you think about songs and scenes and character development and plot, it all comes together in a beautiful, uh, a beautiful progression. A beautiful—I was going to call it a big old stew, but that makes it sound all jumbled. And it is, <laughs> it is high, it is highly structured that show. Mm-hmm. And just when you want an up tempo, an up tempo mm-hmm. comes. And just yeah. when you need a joke, a joke comes. And just when you need to be swept away and brought into a fantasy, a fantasy mm-hmm. comes. And they go to Havana. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a big yeah. dance number happens. Mm-hmm. I think. Guys and Dolls is just a perfect, perfect show. Um, you must know uh, Jack Vertel's book, The Secret Life of the American Musical, right? I have not read it. <gasps> Goodman we Sisters. We have to put it on our list. <laughs> give us some give us some homework, Kate. <laughs> Holy moly. Read that book. It will be like, you're, you'll eat it like movie popcorn. It'll just, you know, it'll... It's so, and it, and it feels that way too. It feels fun and exciting and not academic at all, and yet you're you're learning about some musical theater um, uh, structures. Um, Jack does a really good job of talking about the I Want, the traditional I Want mm-hmm. song, um, you know, the tentpole songs, mm-hmm. the uh, the development of, of musical structures. Oh, I'm not, I don't want to spoil it for you. Like, just go read it. It's so good. Can't wait to read it. Oh, you'll love it. Oh, it sounds awesome. It sounds right up our alley. Thank you. Well, then, hello, good Dolly. Choices. Of course. Does that qualify? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that brings us a perfect segue to Hello, Dolly. 
You played the role of Irene Malloy in the Broadway revival of Hello, Dolly, opposite Bette Midler, David Hyde Pierce, Bernadette Peters, Victor Garber, and a slew of other stars. Um, we would love to hear a story or two um, that you'd like to share about your time in that show. Oh, also, you uh, were so was, good in it. Oh. You were phenomenal. Oh, thank you so oh much. God. Blew me away. Blew me away. Well, as thank well. you so much. And you know that show very well. We do. The two of you show, know that show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Maybe I'll just start at my audition. So I um, got the call to audition for it. And I knew that my friend Gavin Creel had been cast as Cornelius. So when they asked to see me, I was like, huh. Well, Gavin and I are the same age. He's nice and tall. <laughs> Those are the first things I think about. <laughs> <laughs> this could work. Am I too old? Am I too tall? Hmm. <laughs> So <laughs> both of those avenues uh, seemed somewhat open. But I had this, like, weird attitude about going in for the show because I was like, mm, I don't know. I, I, I've played the role twice before. I had played it at the Muni, which is summer stock, and you do it really, really fast. Love the Muni. Um, yep. And then I had also done it at Paper Mill Playhouse, but, like, uh, you know, years before, probably mm-hmm. in um, 2005. So... I'd had experience with the role. I knew who she was. Um, I'd never, ever seen the movie. I still haven't seen the movie. <laughs> and I think, I think I'd only seen it once on stage uh, in a local production in Chicago. Um, and a challenged production because it was in the round. Mm. So how in the world do you do a farce where people are hiding in things if yeah. there's nowhere to hide because there's no set because you're in the round. That was a challenge. So wow. um, they did very well, uh, the, the production that I saw that was in the round. But I had never seen, you know, like a traditional production before I'd actually been in it. So I, I went in and I did that thing that uh, you shouldn't do, but I did uh, in the waiting room. I looked around. I was like, well, she'd be good at this part. Oh, she'd be good at this part. Well, I'll look at her. Oh, hey. And most of them were my friends, too. Right. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you're pretty, pretty good. And I also, um, we were in the process of trying to buy a house. So we literally put in a bid on a house that morning. And I was like, oops, got to go to my audition. Mm -hmm. So it was like the third thing. It wasn't like I'm going to like drink aloe water and get nine hours of sleep and then wake up and moisturize and give myself a pedicure and then go to my audition. No, it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have this audition in half an hour. I better get the hell over there (laughs) and do it. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that. Which, if you think about it, is a little Irene Malloy. Um, yeah, yeah. A totally. person who has, you know, is Busy. a business owner, has things to do, and mm-hmm. is like, you know, making decisions on the fly. Mm-hmm. And so I threw a dress in a bag <laughs> and went over there. <laughs> I knew the role so well. I didn't need to hold pages or or the song or anything. And I pulled my dress out and I was like, huh, I didn't, f- I forgot that this blue dress has a slit all the way up the side of the mm. leg. Whoops, I guess these people are going to see a little leg today. That's not very Irene Malloy. Oh, well. Oh, well. And I kind of went in with this, like, hey, guys, nice to see you. We were never going to cast me. This is never going to happen. <laughs> and I think that that was what, I think that's what uh, clinched the deal because I did the scene. I did the song. Um, <clears throat> Jerry Zachs was there. Um, Scott Rudin was there, uh, Bernie Telsey and Craig Burns, but nobody else from the creative team was there. They were all on, like, uh, video, I think. But I knew Warren Carlyle was, um, uh, choreographer, and he had been my champion at, um, Finian's Rainbow. Um, 
so uh, it felt like a, it was a fun room. They laughed at everything I did, and I was like, that was great. And then I got on the subway, and I went home, and they called and said, you want to play Harry Molloy? And I was like, what? Wow, that's so fast. <laughs> that's amazing. And they were like, they canceled callbacks. They're not going to do any callbacks. They just want you to play the part. And I was like, wow. great. I would love to do that. That sounds really wow. good. I guess the dress with the slit up the leg worked. Well, and thus <laughs> the sexy Irene Malloy was born because mm-hmm. I think after I, well, I saw yeah. the show, I was like, I don't think I've ever noticed that Irene is kind of like a sexy lady like because our mom played the role when yeah. we saw it the first time and you don't really yeah, think about your mom like that yeah. you know we're like nope. oh our mom's lovely she has a beautiful voice didn't dawn on me yes. that Irene Malloy could be so sexy and like empowered yeah until I saw your portrayal <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, as uh, thank you. It's right there in the script. She says, I'm sick of this. I'm getting out of here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had and, and it was interesting. Um, it was David Hyde Pierce who uh, played Horace Vandergelder, who um, I became close with during the show because we shared a floor um, at the Schubert Theater. So we, he, we had our dressing rooms on the same floor mm-hmm. and we would talk um, a lot. And he had a friend who came to see the show and talked about how. She noticed that um, three of the leading characters, Dolly, Horace, and Irene, are all people who are have have had the love of their life as a part of their life who has then died. Mm. And so each of them is a widow or a widower mm-hmm. in Horace's case. And each of them has said, you know what? I had a great love and I'll never have that again. But what I want to do right now is have some fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then in the in the process of that, they discover, oh, I could I could be in love again. And of course, it's Dolly and, and Horace mm-hmm. who do fall in love eventually. And it's and it's Irene who picks up Cornelius Hackle as sort of like somebody to have fun with. And <laughs> but goes, oh, wait a second. You're more than I thought. Yeah. And yeah. And I could um, start again with you. Uh, so if you think about it in those terms, it really is a show that is about uh, reclaiming your life, you know, before the parade passes by. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump back into it. And how how many people do we know who, um, uh, especially I think post-pandemic, are like, oh, I'm going to do things differently now. I'm going to center some joy in my life. I'm going to go out and and do the things that make me happy, that help other people, that that bring the kind of lightness and joy to my life that was missing. So um, I know I felt that way after mm-hmm. after the pandemic, and I think I think our our show that we did at the Schubert for almost two years had that spirit about it. You know, absolutely, um, yeah, for it, sure. Yeah, I had the pleasure of seeing it live, and it was one of the most joyful musical theater experiences I've ever had. I was bawling at like when everyone <laughs> came out in the pastels for Sunday clothes. I just started bawling, and I didn't stop crying joyfully until the show was over. It was just, <laughs> it was so great. Ah, what are some of your other there highlights? Is that- like what? Like well, there's. I just want to say that yeah. that's you're not alone. Yeah, we, people. We'd bring a wooden train on stage. Uh, yeah, and it's people incredible. in brightly colored clothes, sort of doing simple choreography like that walk, mm-hmm. and just the chord changes of that song, and people and audience members would cry, losing so it, like, losing it. How do you Love do that? It. That's it's amazing. Magic. That chemistry. It's, that it's like that uh, alchemy costume. is an amazing thing. <laughs> 
I know. <laughs> it's the Jerry Herman magic, maybe. It's the I don't Jerry know. Herman magic mixed with the beautiful costumes. Mm. It's it's yeah. tiered, tiered. Yeah. Dressing. Well, oh, Santo Laquasto costumes. Mm. Okay, here I have Gorgeous. a story. I have a Santo story. Okay, great. So Santo, Santo um, uh, uh, created costumes and set for the show, and he's a genius. Um, there's a wonderful coffee table book you could read all about Santo and his work. He's just unbelievable, and I knew him, him as the legend. And I went in for my first um, fitting with him, and he showed me the rendering, uh, which is a, a drawing of, mm-hmm. of a costume, uh, just a line drawing, and it looked beautiful. <clears throat> and it was the low cut Irene Malloy that I think. Um, uh, that I had never experienced before. I'd always been sort of like a Gibson girl, kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, up to the... And then he showed me um, the fabric, and he pulled out these swatches of fabric, and you guys, ah, it was pink fabric. Mm-hmm. And I was I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I said, and I started to well up with tears, and I was like, Santo, I'm 41 years old. <laughs> I am not playing an ingenue. I thought... All my ingenue days were behind me. I want to graduate towards, you know, a more mature woman. I'm not trying to appear younger. I don't think this Irene Malloy is a young woman. I think she's had the great love of her life. I think she's starting a new chapter. Why does she have to wear a pink dress? People are going to think that I'm trying to be an ingenue again. And I don't want to send that message. I don't want anybody to be like, ooh, Kate's too old for this part. You know, why is she doing that? (laughs) And he and I started like just and then the tears just like started to spill out. I was trying so hard to be like like strong and keep it all in. And he was like, okay, hang on. <laughs> Let me show you something. And I was like, I remember saying, can I be, can I wear blue instead? And he was like, Bet's, Bet's wearing blue. You can't wear blue. Yeah. I was like, well, what, what shade of blue? And he was like, well, it's like this. And he showed me Bet's stuff too. And I was like, oh, crap. And he's like, okay, um, I'm going to show you what the set's going to look like. And the hat shop, which was filled with feathers and ribbons and pink and lavender and uh, sort of like lacy um, curtains and, you know, lattice work in the windows and all his design. It was super girly, super like what I want my bedroom to look like when I'm 10 years old. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. that kind of like, <laughs> like, a, like a 10-year-old girl's dream exploded in there. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if glitter had been appropriate for the time period, there would have been glitter, you know, and ponies. Yeah. You know, that was what the hat shop looked like. And he's like, and this is why you want to get out of the hat shop because mm. you're trapped in this. And I was like, <gasps> okay, I love that. I love that. Yes, Irene does not want. Maybe I am the right person to play this part because <laughs> you don't want that. And then he's like, and let me show you what uh, Beanie Feldstein is going to wear. So Beanie Feldstein played Minnie Faye, mm-hmm. yeah, who is Irene Malloy's uh, right hand, uh, a worker in her in her shop, but more importantly, her friend. Yeah, and and. Our relationship was that Irene would say things and Minnie would be scandalized by them no matter what. <laughs> and Beanie was very good at being, you know, you picture her face, her her eyes, and just yes. being, like, completely scandalized. It was so much fun. It's even fun to scandalize her in real life. <laughs> um, and so he, um, she'd be like, Kate, I can't believe you're saying that. Stop it. <laughs> right. Uh so he, he showed me, he put the, the pink, what I saw as the fabric for my dress, I saw pink. Then he put it next to the fabric that Beanie's dress was going to be. And it was like a really saturated, like, pink uh, magenta. And I said, Santo, well, what would you call that color of Beanie's dress? And he looked at me and he goes, liverwurst. Ah. <laughs> I'd call it liverwurst. And I was like, yes, exactly right. So he's like, so next to the, you know, the 
the 10-year-old girl bedroom bomb that is your hat shop <laughs> and next to Beanie wearing liverwurst, you are not going to look pink at all. You mm. are going to look like you are just light and um, and actually, and he's like actually kind of fleshy. I kind of want you to look like a little, kind of maybe a little naked. You know what I mean? Like fully clothed, but yeah. like just like light, just like um, golden. Mm. And and so he's he put it in perspective that way. But if you get that dress off of the hanger, you're like, oh, this is a pink dress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you put it in that set next to Beanie, right. next to you know Gavin wearing his brown suit, which you know we we joked was like um, you know a, a fold out couch because it was yeah. so upholstered and yeah. so heavy. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's the sofa bed that he yeah. was wearing, <laughs> the wool. Uh, he's like, you're just gonna look like a light, um, you know, being. You know, uh, and uh, the I will go to you. And I was like, well, I, li- I like that. Yeah. Okay, then that's fine. So he handed me a tissue and I dried my tears. And <laughs> oh. that's the story of how, how Irene's dress <laughs> was, was That's made. so sweet. Also, so mm-hmm. fascinating to have the person doing the costumes and the sets be the same person so that they can have that perspective on how all the colors are going to interact because it really dramatically changes um, your perception of color when there's another color present. A hundred a hundred percent, yeah. What makes him so amazing. And I remember the first day on the set, the hat shop set, you know, I love Bette Midler to death. And and Bette, at the very first um, week we were in rehearsal, she stood up in front of the company and she said, I've been my own boss for the last 50 years. Mm. Meaning she has she has written, directed, uh, collaborated, arranged music, um, had a hand in every decision uh, creatively that she's that she has made for her for her life, for her career as a singer, as a as an actress. I think she had a, a talk show at one point, too, um, as a creative person. So she always has an opinion about every single thing. So she's like, so so collaborating on a musical like this. Um, is di- is different for me because usually, you know, what she was trying to say is usually I'm the one in charge. And she was mm-hmm. saying, I have to learn uh, and so be patient with me that there are other people in charge, namely Jerry Zaks, namely Santo <laughs> yeah. Costa, namely, you know, Andy Einhorn uh, and Warren Carlyle and all these people who are. So uh, the first day on the set for the hat shop, she goes over and she looks in the in the cabinet where, you know, Cornelius will eventually hide and she sees all of the stuff inside, ribbons, feathers, um, fabric, and then a spot for him. And she pulls out what looks like a feather boa to her. And she goes, Santo, what is a feather boa doing here? She's a hat maker, not a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, poor, and poor Santo just kind of like rolls his eyes and is like, Bet, <laughs> that's just set dressing and it's feathers. And we talk about feathers, and no one's going to see it as a boa. Only you see it as a boa. Only you. But no one else. But it goes, of course, Bette Midler. Yeah. She sees a feather boa, and she's like, what the hell is this? So uh, she, there are questions like that for her all over the You know, she questioned every single thing. But that's what makes her such a consummate artist mm-hmm. is because she has a— she has a an opinion and a, and a question about everything. It was a legitimate question. You know, she was willing to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, it'll just be feathers. Yeah, got it. Yeah. There was one day, though, when we were doing um, dancing, the song Dancing, and for some reason her, the hat that she had uh, that had been pinned onto her head wobbled and fell off, and so her hat was no longer on her head. And here she is in a hat shop. So Bette was like, well, I know what I'll do. I'll solve the problem. I'll put on a hat. 
So, but the hats in the hat shop were all kind of nailed down. They're not right. practical hats. <laughs> not like two of the hat heads they're on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she went to one, couldn't get it off the stand. Went to another, couldn't get it off the stand. It was hilarious, oh, of no. course. But I'm looking at it. And then what did she do? She picked up my hat with my ribbons that mm. I had just sung a whole song about mm-hmm. and put that on. And she put it, she sort of like put it on her head and ran around the stage. And then she realized what she was doing. And she was like, uh-oh. I, this is Irene Malloy's hat that she just sung a song about. <laughs> I'm wearing it now. Oops. <laughs> and I was sort of frozen like, you realize you're, you're – <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> she then, <laughs> but she put it back on the stand. <sighs> and the next day I got a little, a little like a really funny I'm sorry note from her. Like, <laughs> I really – I'm so sorry. I was just trying to fix a problem and I didn't realize I was, you know, <laughs> using the prop that, you know – is is identified uh, wholeheartedly with your character. Whoops. Right. <laughs> so um, that was funny. Oh, wow. Too. That's hilarious. And I bet her hat that fell off was pinned on extra more, like, securely from yes. that point on. <laughs> uh, she was pretty good at rolling with things when they, you know, when they wouldn't work or, or broke. She had this giant bag, this giant um, upholstered bag that she had all of her props and stuff in and her cards and everything. And she had to make friends with that bag. But she often talked about that bag on stage with an audience. You know, she'd say a line, a dolly line, and then she'd break out of it and be like, ah, this damn bag. And then people <laughs> would, would laugh about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh you know, gosh. just being human. Yeah, yeah. I, love I think that. that's what I learned from her more than anything else. I learned how how uh, audiences appreciate lo- watching a person just be human in front mm, yeah. of you. Like that—that's that's absolute gift. Yeah, just drawing you presence. in that way. That presence and that mm-hmm. entrepreneurial energy that she was talking about in the in the beginning, like that—that's very Dolly Levi, right? Like that's it is. She's a badass woman who's been kind of improving and it's making it work her whole life. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like Dolly. That makes her a perfect casting. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then, of course, um, the person who took over for her was my idol mm. and my person that I grew up listening to and loving forever and ever and, uh, named Bernadette Peters. I know. Oh. Bernadette. And, um, Bernadette. Bernadette. Oh. We love Bernadette. her so much. Love. I just we had love. to pinch myself every time that I was like on stage with Bernadette Peters. I would die. And the very first time she, uh, her very first performance, uh, we, of course, rehearsed some things in the rehearsal room, but, like, the very first time we were in front of an audience, um, and I knew she she changed a bit of blocking. She changed it in rehearsal, so we rehearsed it in rehearsal. I, w- I should have known that it was coming, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, when we were on stage and the lights were on and the band is going and, and she's singing, and she turns to me and she touches me on both shoulders and turns me toward Gavin Creel, it was a change because Bette did not do that, but Bernadette did because she wanted to be seen as the matchmaker, the person who was nudging these two people together, right, mm-hmm. in a very sort of like loving, maternal uh, way. But she touched me. She turned me to Gavin, and then I'm supposed to sing a line. And because Bernadette Peters touched me, <laughs> I lost my mind <laughs> and didn't s- and sang nonsense. I went, <laughs> and Gavin's face, his eyes like grew three sizes. His eyebrows went into his hairline. He was like, what just happened to you? <laughs> and, and we had this deal on stage, right? Me and Gavin. Like, if one of us goes up, the other one says the line for them and gets them back on track. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he just looked at me. He was like, I can't help you. can't help you I can't at all. save you here. Nope. I can't save I you can't here. Save you. Oh, my God. Wow. I think I would have that same And then reaction. at intermission... 
Uh, yeah, at intermission, I got a text uh, that was just the three faces of Jerry Zachs, um, <laughs> Warren Carlyle, and their assistant, Steve Edland, all looking aghast. <laughs> like, and the line was, you said what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because I completely Ooh. just m- You're like, went I can't. into a puddle Bernadette Peters Bernadette is Peters. touching me. I don't know. What do you want me to do? You know? What's my name? <laughs> Who am I? Where am I? Who? Who? I don't know. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Again. So, like, whereas Bet was good and smooth at covering <laughs> problems, I just let it all <laughs> happen. <laughs> just, here's a problem. <laughs> That's really Stars. amazing. And then Bernadette, uh, we were into performance, probably like four or five months into performance. I don't know. And then uh, there's a scene in the hat shop where she and Victor, who played Horace Vandegelder, uh, go back and forth with each other. And, and you know, it's about uh, stand aside, Mrs. Levi. I need to look in that, you know, cabinet. Right. And she's like, oh, no, 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 it's too dangerous. There's a man in there. No, there's no man in here. What are you talking about? That kind of amazing how I've done the show 550 times and I can't tell you what the lines are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um, uh, Bernadette and Victor got into a loop and they just kept saying the same thing over and over again. Stand aside. No. Stand aside. No. Um, mm. And then she turned to him and she said, uh, do you know what I'm supposed to say right now? <laughs> And he said, no. No. No, I, no, I don't. I don't no, know what you're supposed to say right don't. now. I do not. And then genius Bernadette uh, turns around, opens the cabinet where Gavin is hiding, where she has just been saying, no, of course there's no man in here. She turns, she puts her little face inside the cabinet, and she goes, do you know what I'm supposed to say right now? <laughs> to Gavin. <laughs> and Gavin's mic is not on, yeah. but you could just hear him laughing. You could hear <laughs> He's like, no, I don't know. It's- Nobody oh, knows. I don't know. Nobody knows. Sorry. And so she closed it, and the whole audience is oh dying laughing. They're just, you know. Wow. And then she walked off stage and to the stage manager's booth, which was right there. And she came back on with the script <laughs> and dramatically turned the page of the script. Yes. And she goes, oh, I, do, I know what I'm supposed to say right now. I'm supposed to say this. <laughs> and then she returned the script to the stage manager. The whole audience wow. are clapping and laughing. Yeah. and it was a legendary, legendary moment. Uh, so, and then they continued with the play. It was great. That's so amazing. That's incredible. I loved it. I really love it. Uh-huh. I love how in this particular production, they really played up this like playful comedy and joy. It just like really brings an energy to the show that I had really never felt in seeing it in other productions before. Yeah. Yeah. I describe the show as a joy bomb mm-hmm. or like a big old charm ball. Yes. It's just... It's just too too charm, but you know it ha- does have this uh, deeper layer. I mean, but, but sometimes people are like, "Oh, it's just a bit of fluff," and I'm like, "But it does have this deeper layer of people who have, who have lived some life and lost, have have had deep uh, trauma of losing a loved one, mm-hmm. or it's Cornelius who has never been allowed to live a life, mm-hmm. finally breaking out and finally going for it and going after and claiming the life that uh, that they all want and. And finally, um, finally, sort of admit that they deserve. It's mm. a, it's a there's a wonderful lesson there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a beautiful show. Looking back now, Thank what you. are what what do you think would be your favorite moment or favorite scene or song from Hello Dolly? Of oh, that show? Mm-hmm. Well, it's that hatch top. It's that hatch yeah. top scene, and I loved doing Motherhood March. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's just daffy, silly fun. Yes. And, uh, you know, if you read Jack Rattel's book, you'll know <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> that that song, 
<laughs> that song does nothing to advance the plot. There's no real reason, dramatically speaking, why it should be there. But what it does is it, it solidifies um, Barnaby and Cornelius and Irene and Minnie as a team. Mm. Uh, and Dolly as 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 the person who's going to help them, um, and it it shows their relationship to the audience, their fast their fast friendship, their fast fun, um, uh, wacky daffy like no holds barred adventure spirit. Yeah. Um, so I for that reason I really I love that I love that song so and fun. doing that scene. So just in talking about musical theater in general, as you know, one of your chosen art forms, you know, why, why do you love musical theater? What do you think makes a good show? Hmm. Well, I love, uh, I love music. I think music is the, um, what do I want to say? The most accessible art form. I think, um, humans respond to music innately, Mm -hmm. intuitively. I mean, there are times in your life too, where you, um, think, uh, where where I think back to either my childhood or early adulthood, and I can hear the soundtrack that was playing, uh, what what was happening, you know, what music was playing on the radio, what um, what song do I associate, you know, uh, living in my first home, uh, you know, what songs did I did I hear at nursery school or in grade school or like everybody, you know, when you sing in your chorus concert for the, like, mm. you know, winter break or the or the spring sing, which is what my son just did. Mm-hmm. Like those songs, you know, sort of stay with you in a, in a way. And so I think music is incredibly accessible and and um, pr- sort of primal and people respond to to songs without even knowing that they're responding, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, it gets to the emotional core of something really quickly. If you think about all of like the television shows you watch or the movies and um, how your perception of the story changes, if you thought about it, if you if you exercised the music from the from the scene, you'd feel a completely different way Absolutely. about the, the scene that's happening. So um, it's so effective. And so that's what I love about musicals. And I love the idea that that you know, what you're feeling is so uh, big and outsized mm. that um, that the only way to express it is with the help of a band <laughs> <laughs> and with the help of song. And really good songs uh, and musicals sort of nail and and complete that beautiful synergy between lyric and melody. So, you know, the high note is the most important word in the sentence, right? Yeah. Or the or the longest or by playing with time and meter and rhythm, you can completely change the intention of uh, of a line that somebody has. So, right. it, for for me, um it it feels it just feels like there are more clues as to how to play a scene and play a song with a musical than there are with a play. In fact, I'm doing a play right now. I'm doing what the constitution means to me. Yes. And my wonderful director, Kristen, and I uh, got together and sort of scored the play mm. and said, okay, what what's the sound? What's the song we hear for this story? Oh, this is a John Philip Sousa march, mm. you know, where she's being very patriotic and she's thrilled, you know, 15-year-old Heidi. If you know the play, um, it, it deals with um, 
uh, Heidi Schreck, who's this incredible playwright and actress, and her her journey from um, believing in and and championing our Constitution to questioning it as a as an adult. So you know, we went through and and we scored it. And I said, well, here's a here's a march, here's a folk song, you know, here's just instrumental. Here is something that feels um, uh, dark and mm-hmm. and and mysterious. So um, for me, I, I I don't it feel it comes naturally to sort of think of things in musical terms. Yeah. Um, more when you deal with rhythm and when you deal with pitch. Um, I, I guess that's just my uh, my process. But to answer your question, what makes a good show? What makes a good show? Um, I think uh, uh, the the right balance of how you're supposed to feel um, without showing uh, the gears shifting. Mm. The, the, when it's so magical. Like, I think of like... I think of the the magic that happens in, in a show. Like Susan Stroman does it better basically than anybody else. She re, She's a magician. She directs your eye over here mm-hmm. uh, while a scene is happening. And then all of a sudden it feels like the entire set has changed and, the, and we're in a different location. And it was just because you were watching, you know, a pas de deux over here mm-hmm. between two incredible dancers. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, the whole thing has changed and you're in another locale. And just... Just the fleetness with which she can do that. I feel like musicals do that so so well. It's mm. almost cinematic mm. how how that you know how that dance element. I haven't even talked about dance. How that dance and music element can come in and just take you away, sweep you away, yeah, and um, and and uh, surprise you. I think that's what's great about uh, what makes a good show is the element of surprise. Mm. Yes, like yeah. you, you didn't see it coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're invested in uh, the story so much that, so much so that when the surprise comes, you're like, oh, "Tell me more! Tell me more! I want to know more." Um, yes. So that's why I mean that's why Sweeney Todd is such a fantastic show mm. because you're constantly surprised. You can't believe the next step that they're going to take on this, you know, descent into hell. <laughs> you know, uh, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, the inevitability of it, but also the like, oh, I can't believe that's happening. Just like every choice that Evan Hansen makes and Dear Evan Hansen, you're like, oh, why are you doing that? Oh, mm. no, don't do that. But you're invested in his uh, in his journey because you care. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Fabulous answer. Um, speaking of Sweeney, uh, you mentioned this in your fabulous show with Aaron Lazar at 54 Below that I was privileged to mix as the sound mixer there. Um, yes. You talked about uh, dream role of Mrs. Lovett. Uh, what are some other parts sure. that you would love to play in the canon? Mm-hmm. Or just some of your favorites well, that you've you know, already done? Yeah. Um, I think often when people ask me this question, I say Dot and Sunday in the Park with George, no. uh, just because I love that that show exists mm-hmm. and it's complicated and it's about how you make art. And I understand that it's, you know, that, of course, musical theater people love that show and other people who create yeah. um, create art, artistic work love that show because it's about the pain and the joy of, of creation. So, yeah, that's totally on my list. Um, Mother and Ragtime is also Mm. on my list of of shows to do because I love that score and I love that uh, musical. I've never had an opportunity to do that quite yet. 
Um, I get another chance to do um, Bridges in Madison County later on this summer. Um, I that was a I didn't know that that was a a role that I wanted to do, and then I had such fun playing it um, because the music is so so fulfilling mm-hmm. to sing. Jason's score is just so wonderful, and then Marsha Norman's book I find really interesting and twisty and sort of when Aaron and I did it uh, with the help of Hunter Foster who was our director we tried to find the awkwardness of two people who don't know each other but but know each other mm-hmm. um, and play up the the humor and the um, uh, and the rough edges of all of that so that it's it's a story about two misfits who find each other mm. who, people who are uh, in in the wrong place, um, I, or haven't found their home, haven't found their place, and find it in one another. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I that's that's fun for me. I also, um, I also love doing comedy. So I would love to do a comedic role again. I, that's why Mrs. Lovett appeals to mm-hmm. me because I just find her so wickedly Hilarious, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe there's a Dolly Levi someday mm-hmm. yeah. in my future. Uh, I would love to do that part. Um, yeah, and I loved playing Dorothy Brock this uh, past uh, fall in 42nd Street at, at the Good Speed because she's just, you know, a narcissist. And it's <laughs> how, how fun is it to, like, come on and, like, be ridiculous and, and, a, and a narcissist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that tells you a little bit about me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, it's fun to kind of be a little bit of the villain sometimes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. But those are those are up there. And then I always say too, like um, the role that I dream about and want to work on is always the role that I that's next. You know, yeah. the one that I'm doing right now. I mean, I can't tell you how thrilling it is to to put Heidi Schreck's story on stage and do. And do this play mm-hmm. um, for people, yeah, you know, and introduce them to it. Yes, yeah. amazing. And then you said you have another um, bridges coming up. What else can we see you in later this summer or fall? Um, I have a bunch of concert work and a bunch of uh, readings of new musicals. I don't know that I'm allowed to talk yeah. about, but there are things in the works, and I'm really thrilled, always thrilled to be. Uh, invited to create something new. It's the hardest thing in the world. Not hardest thing in the world, but like it's the hardest part of my job is to um, sit down with a writer and say, where are we? Who are we? Let's create, let's build this character. And really what it it comes down to is um, uh, eliminating things that the character is not. Mm -hmm. So that process is kind of painstaking and longer than I want it to be because I just want to get up there and, and do mm-hmm. it. But you first you have to have a million discussions about just what it who is. Who they are and, and who they and, aren't. And more yeah. often what it's not, yeah. mm, you know? That's so smart. Yeah. Good advice. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liken it to um, uh, somebody referred to it. I forget who it was. Was it Tony Kushner? Somebody very, very smart who said it's an archaeological dig, mm. that what you're doing is you're releasing the fossil from from the rock. Mm-hmm. And it's all there. You just have to chip away at what, what is not needed and get down to the essence, the bones of what it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe he said that. Maybe somebody else smart said that. Did, did Janine Tazori say that? Somebody said that. <laughs> Someone well, today, smart. Today, Kate Baldwin said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give credit where credit is due, though. Oh, watch, watch it be like somebody not at all in the theater. Watch it be like, you know, you know it makes sense if like a, you know, a, scar- a sculptor said it or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, Kate Baldwin, thank you so much for giving us so much of your time today. You are just such a generous spirit and, of, of course, an incredible talent. And we are so thrilled that you joined us on our little pod. And, yeah, we just love you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. I love you, too. Oh. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was super, super fun. And I hope we get to do it again sometime. And I can't wait to listen to all your episodes. Yeah, Yay. absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled we got to chat with Kate Baldwin for our first episode of the pod. Uh, me too. She is truly such a lovely person. Mm. Thanks for listening to our first episode. And thanks for following, liking, and leaving a review for the pod on your streaming platform of choice. You can find us on Instagram at Good Show Podcast. Yeah, it's where we post cool archival photos from the original shows photos of us as kids, info about our upcoming live shows, and so much more. All right, well, that's it. First episode in the bag. Hey, Sarah, good show. Good show. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.